Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. We are back on the air after a long holiday break. Hope you all had a great Christmas and your new year of 2011 is off to a good start. I'm Alan Smith and this is Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. And we are broadcasting live across the World Wide Web from sunny Florida. And today is Thursday, January 6, 2011. And our call-in number, if you'd like to be a part of the show, is 347-826-9170. And I'm joined by my better half, Donna. And, Donna, I just heard you click on there. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Excited about the new year. Yeah, it's a new year, and we're glad to uh, be back with everyone and appreciate you tuning in to this evening's show as we are going to be discussing the uh, FMCSA Hours of Service Proposal with our special guest, Richard Wilson, who is a regulatory manager of Trans Products and Trans Services, which is a motor carrier safety and compliance company based out of Milford, Delaware. And their website is transproducts.com. So let's take a look at this new HOS proposal, and if everything stays the same as they have it proposed right now, what's up for truck drivers and the industry alike? And we're going to get right to it this evening on Truth About Trucking Live with our special guest, Richard Wilson, when we come back after this short break. Our call-in number again, 347-826-9170. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment, and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end, and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. And be sure to tell them that you heard about them on Truth About Trucking Live. Okay, the FMCSA Hours of Service Proposal, and uh, Richard Wilson of Trans Products and Services is, is our guest this evening. 
And uh, Richard, I just saw you pop up there. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you being here. Good evening. Glad to be here. I would imagine um, being in motor carrier safety and compliance and uh, the CSA and this HOS proposal, you're probably a pretty busy guy. Um, yeah, as of right now, uh, my uh, between Alka-Seltzer and Tums, it has really uh, been, been quite crazy since December. We're our beautiful Christmas and New Year's present we were given by the feds. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad to I'm glad to have you here. And Donna, I understand that you tracked Richard down yesterday and said, "Hey, let's do a show tomorrow." And here we are. So not much notice there. No, no that's not, um, that's, go ahead, Richard. No, it's okay. Go ahead, Donna. I'm sorry. No, I, I got you know. I started thinking, uh, you know, we were, we were planning a show, and then I thought, well, you know what? This is a hotter topic than you know what we were planning. So let's go on with this. And uh, first thing I thought of was you because you had written me, and uh, and had said you wanted to do the CSA show, and I thought, well, I think we need to do this one first. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's kind of threw this one in on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. We've got um, already have listeners on the line. Appreciate you being here, and um, a caller from Pennsylvania. I see you there. We'll get you here in just a second. But Richard, let's. Uh, Let's just start off with, you know, I, when I first looked at this thing, I, you know, I I looked at it real quick and I thought, well, it could have been a lot worse. But, you know, it, it's no secret that safety groups, you know, really had a big play behind this push for changing of the hours of service rule with, with public citizen being one probably one of the biggest groups out there pushing for change. But, I mean, they actually wanted driving time to be nine hours. They wanted to do away with a 34-hour restart and have instead a 48-hour restart, which in a way the new proposal will probably do in many circumstances. But they haven't really determined that the 11-hour driving time will go down to 10, which it probably will, but that's still being left open. And all driving time will have to be completed within 13 hours, losing one hour there off of the 14 and then on top of that, um, they're still leaving open the option of extending the driver's shift to 16 hours twice a week and on and on and on. And this 34-hour restart, the way they have it in the proposal, is just crazy. So help sort out all this confusion with this HOS proposal. What's going on here? Okay. <clears throat> what they basically did was one of the things, and if, excuse me, if you had been to any of the listening sessions and heard the uh, – uh, testimonies that were given by uh, all the major trucking groups and individual trucking companies and safety representatives of it. <clears throat> One of the uh, outlines was uh, designed to go in when the courts required all motor care. Oh, did we lose them? I think we lost them. Uh oh, okay. Uh, I'm looking here. Uh, okay, see everybody there in the chat. Thanks for everybody for being here. Um, well, let me pull it up here again and go back over here to the switchboard. Yeah, we lost him. Okay, well, he'll call back here in a second. But that's one thing we wanted to get Richard's take on it because he, he he deals with safety and compliance. That's what he does. And um been a lot of confusion about these hours of service. And, and you know, you still have to remember that um, the final ruling isn't going to be out till July. So there he is. He came back here. So all of this can still change. But, hey, Richard, we got you back on there. Okay, thanks. Uh, uh, basically, what what it, what had happened um, is they is they had to provide in the new rulings 
a section for the health and well-being of drivers, in, in other words, constituting more rest periods uh, during the day, day and not forcing drivers just to work flat black and white hours to where, you know, they could, they could get some type of a rest period into it. And unfortunately, when the first, the, the, the current set of rules came out, um, between the advocacies for highway safety, like you said, public citizen, that crash and everything else, um, they didn't feel that it was strong enough and went to the Court of Appeals and said, okay, send it back and redo it. All right, they revamped it, they looked at it, and they said, well, we think the system, the current hours of service that we put in was, was okay, it did everything and met it, and they added the paragraph that it meets the requirements of the um, uh, federal government to the health and well-being of the driver, and then they came back and said, nah, you didn't change anything, you just added a paragraph. So you've got to come up with a significant change in the hours to show where we'd improved it. So that's what they've actually done in the proposed rule, which came out. Um, I find it very unique that it came out uh, on the federal website and through the media coverage, you know, a week before it ever came out of the federal registry that tells me that the federal government didn't like it themselves and they basically put it out there for the advocacy groups and the trucking companies to review it before it became a federal uh, register notice and a proposed rulemaking. So I think everybody could get their ducks in a row, their lawyers lined up, and start filing their um, uh, appeals in the courts to and to get comments on this to show exactly the negativity of it. And I think they put together a rather confusing hours of service that would stop the, anybody that was affected by it to just go, whoa and to make a comment, and that's going to be the main thing that we have to do is carriers, drivers, uh, safety consultants, people that are responsible for people, is to, is to send in the comments and to follow comments on their opinion of this and don't just let it, you know, go away like it did previously before. And the next thing you know, we're going to have a discussion that this thing is coming into effect in July. What do we need to do to get ready for it? Because it will all better be a rule. So we need between now and July to be very vocal and and just file a lot of comments on this, this uh, proposal. Well, do you think uh, – I mean, it's not written in stone. And by what you say, it sounds like they just threw something together real quick to appease the regulators. I mean, this could still possibly even change more, right? Yeah, they just they had basically a checkoff list. I like to refer to that like it was the Federal Motor Carrier's Driver and Vehicle Inspection Report. They had certain things they had to check off to meet the requirements pasted on them by courts, and I think this is kind of what they did is they addressed each particular area that was given to them as an addressed area, and they came up with some type of thing based on uh, uh, data input from the listening sessions, and what their, you know, what the lawyers and the legal people said they had to address, and I think that's what they've done in this proposal. Okay, well, um, we've only got an hour show. I'm going to grab, I'm going to grab a caller here real quick. Uh, well, let me cut them off. Caller from uh, area code four one two, Pennsylvania. I think that was you. If you could turn down the volume that you're listening from, because you're causing feedback, and uh, we'll get to you here in a second. Then. Um, well, the thing I see in this thing is, I mean, I mean, we're possibly going to lose two hours, one hour from the 11, one hour from the 14, but 
this this thirty four hour restart rule is just unbelievable. Well, uh, if you don't mind, Alan, what I'd like to do is let me go through. Um, if all the callers out there, uh, I don't know if you posted it, um, but the Federal Motor Carrier website and go on to the where it says on uh, go to the base uh, website and go to the column and, and uh, of uh, news and information and the one underneath the NAFTA about the proposal and click on it, get the chart up. Um, uh-huh. Really good. If they can bring that up, it'll probably help explain it through a few things. Well, what I'd like to do is kind of quickly run down over this chart and do a comparison current to proposed, and, and maybe I can explain some of the ideas based on the way the reg was written um, compared okay. to what the chart shows. Um, okay. If you look on the – it says under the current rule, for most drivers, we have a 14-hour consecutive hours, which everybody knows includes everything you do from your pre-trip to your loading, to your eating lunch, to your driving, to your waiting to get unloaded, including your post-trip and all has to be basically in a 14-hour window. Everything has to be accomplished. And, um, you know, that was kind of theoretically with the 11 hours driving in reality, unless you were in a drop-and-hook situation where you were driving a straight 550 to 600 miles, depending on where you were in the country on flat interstate, and you went from terminal to terminal, hook and drop and hook, and never had to wait, you know, you could actually drive that many miles a day and accomplish that. If you had one interruption, one loading, one unloading, you lost hours of service and, and driver window, and you couldn't drive it where, you know, with a typical hour and a half, two-hour loading on each end, that's another three or four, you were down to eight or nine hours driving, and you couldn't right. drive. So what they did basically was they said, okay, we are going to take and we are going to put a number in here, and we're going to use 13 hours. And now that 13 hours is what we used to say was from the time I go on duty to the time I go off duty. And let's look at this on a logbook at the bottom two lines, driving and on duty not driving, okay? You take those two bottom lines of the log, and that's 13 hours. Everything has to be accomplished on those two bottom lines within 13 hours. How can you extend that for 14? You have to go off duty, which if you understand that on duty is not, or you're not considered on duty if you're resting in the truck or you're loading, and while you're loading and you're not responsible for the loading, you are resting in the truck is not on duty. So you can show an hour or two off duty for that period of time. If you take and you have in that 13-hour window added one or two hours on the top line of on of uh, off-duty, you can extend your day to 14 hours. But you have to have that on the top line off-duty to combine your 13 on the bottom two lines and then one or two hours on the top line. You understand? Right, that I have to give you 14 hours. That's the only way you can get it. You show 13 total on the bottom two lines, and then you can add one or two on the top lines. But if you have two hours resting, then your bottom two lines will only be 12 hours. So that's where they come up with that one. And then if you look at it, the one 16-hour period that weekly, that for what they call unforeseen or unknowing circumstances, 
to cause uh-huh. you to be able to get back to your uh, facility. At the end of that period of time, if you extend a three-hour rest off-duty period, once a week you're allowed to have up to 16 hours. So in other words, your bottom two lines will still only have 13 hours. But if you have three hours in the top line of resting in the vehicle off-duty, then you can extend that clock to 16 hours. But you have to have at least, you can only have, the main thing we have to remember is you can only have 13 hours combined in the bottom two lines on a logbook. The top is where you're going to extend on your total amount of time. Well, before we weren't allowed to account for any of that time off-duty during the day. Now we can account for up to three hours once a week and at least one hour the rest of the week. And the 60 and the 70 hours does not change. Can I ask a question to the two of you? You sure can. (laughs) Uh, I'm just curious because this is something that I see a lot. um, Is when you're waiting for an appointment time uh, and it's late, either, you know, a shipper or receiver, is that considered on duty or off duty? If you're sitting there, in other words, you pull into the yard and a guy tells you have a seat on the yard, he'll call you? Right. That that would be considered resting in the vehicle um, while you're waiting. That is not, it it says down in here, um, if you go down here under the um, definition of on-duty time, it's in the old rules that includes any time in the commercial motor vehicle except the sleeper berth. Under the new rule, does not include any time resting in a parked CMV. But if you look at the 14 and the 16 hours, what did they really give us with that? They tell us we're stuck on at 13 hours, but yeah, we can have one hour off, you know, not on duty to maximize us to 14. You see? So what I'm saying is, you know, they said we don't have to count that as off-duty time, but the maximum we can have on the entire graph between those two points of coming on duty till we go off for our 10 consecutive is only 14. So in reality, they say, yes, you don't have to con- include that on the bottom line as on duty not driving. You can include it on the top line, but we're still only going to give you 14 hours that we were only allowed to have before. So really, in, the- in theory, that never changed. It just changed where we can put it on the logbook. Well, it's, it's just the way everything's. It's just that it's just the way everything's written. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at some of the comments here in the chat room, and and we're pretty full in there. I appreciate everybody being here, but uh, what you just explained, Richard, um, uh, here in the chat room, Florida Go Bucks, he he writes, this is worse than physics, and uh, getting her done writes, I'd rather go back to high school than deal with this. So, I mean, uh, I mean they. They've really gone after the drivers, like getting her done also says, go after the shippers and receivers and, you know, leave the drivers alone. I mean, there's still a lot of confusion in here for a lot of the drivers, and I think that's going to be a major thing to overcome. Exactly, and the thing about it is this was not designed. And then, believe me, I'm the the biggest advocacy I've been advocating going after shippers and receivers since back in the 1960s because, you know, uh, any other business in the world where you require somebody to do something illegal is called extortion or you go to jail. Shippers and receivers can do anything they want, and they're actually covered and protected. 
because the fault falls upon the trucker and the carrier and the driver, not the shipper and the receiver. So I got my yeah. little soapbox in on that. So, yeah, I agree with them all. Yeah, we should go after the shippers and receivers. But, unfortunately, we have to deal with the hand we've been dealt. And, basically, I th- I'm not agreeing with anything I'm telling everybody. I want everybody to understand that. I'm just trying to explain it in the most simplistic form that people like myself, who are drivers and you, Alan, have an idea of what in the heck are we dealing with and what have we been dealt and try to explain it. And and that's, you know, what I'm here for today. Um, you know, you, I'm not even allowed to probably put my opinion on the Internet but um, on how this works, but unfortunately this is the proposal. Like I said, it's a proposal, and if everyone that's writing in that chat room goes to the Federal Motor Carrier website and voices their opinion – and be somewhat civil and don't put something in there like you're a bunch of stupid suit-tying people in Washington. Make a valid point on how this will directly affect you and how you make a living and be civil about it, and maybe it'll cause people to look at it. Because as drivers, we have a tendency to want to sit around, complain about it in parking lots and truck stops, and then we're stuck with what we got because nobody had took any action to try to change it. That's, that's, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And that's what right, we have well. to do. So everybody that's typing in these, I agree with everything you're saying, but type it in on the federal website because it's true. And but Well, Alan posted that, that uh, the, a couple of days ago, and we got yeah. I noticed we got quite a few uh, comments on it. And that's why, you know, when I, when I looked at the comments from what he had posted, that's why I wrote you and I said, you know what, Th- this show needs to be now. Yeah, right. well, let's... Exactly. You no, know, I agree let's, with you, Don. I'm glad you had me on here. And another thing is, let me interject in there because I kind of cut it off. The regional, everybody knows what the regional is. That's what they, That's the new term for the short haul where the regional driver, the CDL driver, can drive 12 hours a day. If he leaves from, returns to. He doesn't have to do a logbook. He can do a time card. He's still a regional driver. If he does exceed that 12 hours, he just has to do a log for it. And in that, they allowed them one 16-hour period weekly. But before, and they had to be released from duty, and this is a key item, that before we could drive and be on duty, and we could not drive after the 14th hour. We could not drive after the 16th hour, but we could wash our truck. We could load and unload. We could do whatever we wanted to do and still get paid for it, and we were not in violation until we drove again. Well, now you must be relieved from duty at the end of either the 13th, the 14th, or the 16th. You cannot continue to work. If you do, you're in violation, which Alan and I discussed. How can I be in violation if I'm not driving? And if I'm not driving, I'm not regulated by the federal motor carrier regulations. So if I'm working, I'm done. I'm, in other words, I'm getting paid to work at the terminal, to wash my truck, to do my paperwork to whatever, sit there and talk to the the guy in the shop or the boss, and I'm on the clock and I'm being paid, then I'm in violation even though I'm not driving because it it says they must release from duty required. So they have to go off duty for 10 consecutive hours after that point 
of the 13, 14, or 16. And that's really was one of the things is you could actually finish driving, run out of hours of driving, not drive after the 11th, not drive after the 14th, and still been working and not been in violation. Well, now they've added that to now when you get done with the 14, the 11 to 14 and so forth, you're in violation. And we all know what the new fine structures that were in this proposal are. It's $2,750 for drivers and 11000 for a carrier. And I, that's what I mean. They've made it not only did they make it confusing, and they took away us because we're not supposed to hang around the terminal. We're supposed to go home at the end of our 11, 13, 14, or whatever, and not hang around the terminal. And that's the only way we're going to get, get rest. And then you brought yeah. up a good point about the 34-hour. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if a guy works, say he works 40 hours in the first four or five days of the week, or, th- or four days of the week, he has a long period, and then there's nothing to do for a couple days. So he turns right around and he's off duty for 34 hours, we'll say Thursday, Friday, well, in the old days, that 34-hour, we set our 70-hour clock, we could take a load out Saturday night or Sunday. Well, now, if we took that, say, the following weekend, we took our 34 Saturday and Sunday, and Thursday and Friday, we're, it slows down, and we have a chance to go take a 34-hour break, reset our clock so we can leave for a long haul on Sunday. Well, now we have to determine, was our 34-hour break last Saturday and Sunday or is it now going to be in the, thir- uh, the Thursday and Friday? Because if it was last Saturday and Sunday, now we can't use the 34 on the Friday and Thursday and Friday because we've already used our 134 for the week. So that 34-hour restart means nothing on Thursday and Friday. Right. And that, well, let me ask you. Totally. We, we got got a, got a question in the chat room, James Linden. Um, how does how does this how is this all going to affect team drivers? He says if the vehicle is in motion and the second driver is resting in the back with a truck, you know, with a sleeper, will it still be considered downtime for that driver? Um, in the old rule, um, in the old rule, the old sleeper rule was that you had to have your ten hours. But as long as you combine the, I'm going to go back to the log. I think everybody that may help everybody understanding what the log looks like and they can visual in front of it. If they mm-hmm. look at the top two lines, on-duty, not driving, and sleeper, I mean off-duty and sleeper, you could combine any periods of times on those two lines. So you could do two hours in the, you could do uh, two hours on-duty or off-duty, and then eight hours in the, or uh, six hours in the sleeper, and then two hours on the top, combine it on either end. Well, now, or I'm sorry, one hour, one hour, then nine and eight hours, and then nine, and one hour off duty. Now you'll be able to classify two hours prior to that. Then you can have six hours in the sleeper, and then two hours sitting in the seat. That's the only thing that changed about sleeper. That's it. So okay. instead of your one hour, your your one hour off duty before. In other words, what we used to call you go take your shower and you go eat. You were off duty. Mm-hmm. Then you crawled in the sleeper for eight hours or. Um, yeah, for eight hours, and then you got up at the end of eight hours, went back in, took another shower off duty, there was your ten hours. You could combine them. Well, what they're saying now is you can now have two hours prior to being in the sleeper and then in the sleeper and then uh, for six hours and then have two hours after you get back out to sit in the seat 
next to the guy and that can't, or girl, and that counts towards your 10 hours. Oh, man. All right. Uh, got a short show, so let's get a caller on here, a caller from Massachusetts, area code 413. Uh, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Can I just say that is the most ridiculous thing <laughs> that the government could possibly come up with? I'm more confused now than I was with the way things are now. Well, what's the biggest thing that's confusing you? Well, they're not giving you anything. I mean, they're they're catering to these these advocates that think they know everything about trucking. We'll have them go with a driver and see what it's like to live like that. Yeah, I mean, we touched on, we we touched on that too. I mean, the advocacy this, this know, is largely I mean, why this thing's come about. Right. It sounds to me like we're catering to these advocacy groups, and and let me tell you something. These people don't know their their you know their butts <laughs> from their face. You know what I mean? I mean. You're not yeah. getting anything. What he's ma- what he's saying is making 100% of sense. I mean, if they're coming up with this idea, these advocacy groups, then you should say, fine, we're going to sit you in a truck, and we're going to let you go with a driver, and we're going to show you how screwed up this is going to be for not just this driver, but all drivers. Well, have you gone to the FMCSA website and posted any comments? Yes, I did. Yeah, so, I, mean, that's, that's, I don't know if it's going to do any good, but, I mean, it, it does. Well, it, it, it can certainly help, right, Richard? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm absolutely. not saying it. I mean, every, it, obviously, every, everything, should, you know, they should take into consideration. But the biggest yeah. problem I see is these advocacy groups have more rights than the drivers do. Drivers I mean, have more ears and eyes in Washington right now than they have in the history. And I, I know because, and, I, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not defending anybody. I'm just telling you, on the committees that I'm on in Washington, I have heard more uh, input and, and, and have been in more listening sessions where we've had people now that are on the, in the federal motor carrier that aren't agreeing. And let me emphasize on this to everybody listening that do not agree with these advocacy groups, because I'm going to tell you, uh, as, as we discuss after the meetings, when we get together, the advocacy groups do not play fair. When they're standing in front of a committee of Washington appointed officials and puts pictures of relatives that have been you know, injured or have been killed in accidents, they do not give the people in Washington a chance to even contradict what they're saying because nobody's going to stand up against them. Yeah, well, it's all it's all appeasing, you know, trying to appease the wrong people. But uh, appreciate your call, and that you know that guy, he's doing the right thing. He's he's getting on the FMCSA site, Richard, like you said, and making comments. Let's grab a caller from uh, uh, Minnesota, area code three two zero. Go ahead, you're on the show. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. How about you? Well, I'm disturbed. I'm a flat butter. I pull a step deck for a living. And I I understand, you know, rolling straps and tarps and throwing chains and so on takes into my driving time. But with the new regulations, if you're in violation after your hours, I pull up to a job site with a piece of crane equipment and I park off-site, I get the foreman coming to my truck going, hey, we need you to move into place, and I have to tell him, look, dude, I can't move my truck until my 10 hours and so on are good. 
Absolutely yeah. 100% correct. And yeah, that's the actually. point I'm, not, I'm making. That is not fair. We did a lot of work after our 11-14. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, Richard. I, I understand doing my job takes into my drive time. I, that's part of the game. But to be able to pull up to a job site, to pull into a dealership with a tractor and say, sorry, I can't hit your dock because I can't move my truck. I've got an electronic onboard recorder, and if I move my truck, I'm in violation. And I can't afford $2,700 when this load doesn't pay that. Well, then what you do is you contact the dealer, and you have the dealer put their point of view on the website as well, that they can't get their tractor. Yeah. yeah and I, I mean, I'm serious. I'm not joking. I'm serious. Because, you know, it's just like in the old days. Even if we added on-duty time after our, you know, we were not in violation if we did not drive after the 14th hour. So if we worked another five or six hours, all that did was extend when our 10 hours started, but we could at least finish our day. Now we can't finish your day. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, agree this, with you, driver. Yeah, and, and he's just barely touching on it because there's just, I mean, all kinds of situations like that, which they, they just are not taken into effect on this or taken into consideration on this thing. I had a car, I had a car hauler that I talked to the other day. And the guy had the same basic thing. He showed up at the dealership and unloaded like four pickup trucks off of his rack. And all of a sudden, the guy, the guy, you know, the driver had talked to me about this. And he went to the dealership and he said, you know, if these new hours of service come in, I'd have to stop unloading my truck cars and trucks right now. And if you had a, a customer in the showroom waiting on a vehicle off of that truck, they'd have to wait till 10 hours to get it. Now, what are you going to yeah. tell them? And, the, and my yeah. car dealer said, well, what do I need to do? He says, and he gave him the website. He says, uh, send a comment in. Right. Alan, are you still on? Yeah, you're still on. Say, I delivered a load of boards to a grocery warehouse uh, one afternoon, and the way it would have worked, they took me about an hour or so to untarp, unstrap and everything, and I was backed into one of their bays where my friends who are listening right now would have had to get in and get out to get their loads at this uh, warehouse. I would have been forced to sit there in that spot. I couldn't tar I couldn't roll my tarps, couldn't roll my straps. I couldn't do anything, and I couldn't move out of the way so the other drivers could do their jobs. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Yeah, I know. And this this is just what's amazing to, about this, you know, Richard, because they uh, – and, and th thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, I mean – we're just barely touching the surface of circumstances like this. I mean, so I don't know how all this is going to play out. I mean, maybe all these comments, like you're saying, to go to the FMCSA site, they'll they'll look at it because you know we still have till July. And do you see them maybe redoing this? You know, doing something different, or I mean, this still isn't in, set in concrete. All right, well, let's get one thing. We don't have till July. We only have 60 days from December 29th. Oh, for the comments. Yeah, I'm talking right. about the final ruling. Right. Yeah. So that's why that's, that's imperative that we put a priority on getting these comments. We have 60 days to write these comments. So February that's the 28th, we have I think. To about. Right, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I got you. Um, okay, let's just keep going with the callers from uh, Maryland, area code 240. Uh, go ahead. You're on the show. Hey, Alan, this is Joey from Diamond Transportation. Hey, hey um, how are you doing? One, 
Oh, not too bad. Hey, one thing to, to touch on with the uh, last caller was talking about. Now, I'm I'm in and out of the ports an awful lot. Once we hit our time in the port, we're going to start having to deal with Homeland Security as well. Right. So right, yeah. right now we're, we're going to run into a serious situation with Homeland Security. There's a lot of times you get to the port, by the time you're done unloading and reloading in the port, if something goes wrong, it's out of your 10 hours. Yeah, yeah, I'm right with you because I deal with the ports every day too. And sometimes I get there and I'm stuck with allocation. I'm sitting there for an hour, hour and a half. So, uh, again, Richard, there's another circumstance right there. Well, that's the kind of things that he would put that in a comment. And, and, and like you said, use the examples that uh, you give them examples. Don't, you know, that's the main thing. Every one of these guys are calling, and these gals are calling in with very, very good examples of how this situation would, you know, basically shut down the movement of interstate commerce. That's yeah, the key. Exactly. It will shut down the movement of interstate commerce. And I'm going to tell you something. These people in Washington and these advocacies, when they start going to their grocery store and they've got food on the shelves and they don't have any gas in the tanks because the trucks are stuck because they're out of hours, is then all of a sudden it's going to be too late. And, you know, they're going to be the first one complaining about their own rules. Yeah, well, and let's see, uh, Mark, right? I got your name right. Mark? Now, Joey. Joey. Where did I get Mark? Yeah. Um, I have no idea. (laughs) Well, Richard, Mark's even better because he's a motor carrier. Right. So, I mean... Go ahead. I mean, and that's really important that a motor, the motor carriers themselves, you know, because one thing that if you look at in every any federal register notice, PRM that comes out or whatever, there's always a table on the financial and economic impact that this ruling will cause. Well, if you look at the numbers that the federal government has issued on everything that they've put out on reason why they did a certain rule, there was always 5,500 people that were killed in truck-related or heavy equipment-related crashes, and the fines are all 2,750 to 11,000 to the carrier. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, what? okay, that was 2009 to 5,500. In 2010, how many people was it? Did it go down? Did it go up? Nothing changed. It's always the same numbers. So they're, they're using bogus numbers. So what we have to do is, is part of this uh, – feedback is give them real numbers on how much it will cost. And if he's a carrier and he and, and he's going to lose trucks that he's not going to be able to reload, he's going to lose them until the next day, uh, you know, and a lot of places they want to load between 5 and 8 in the morning and you can't get there, you're going to lose the load because of it or somebody else that has, you know, a thousand trucks sitting around in one place is going to pick everything up and the financial impact of what it's going to cost him he needs to put that in his comment. Right. Oh, I'm sure he will. Well, I appreciate your call. Let me jump in here real quick. Got to take a quick break, and we'll we'll continue our discussion on the FMCSA Hours of Service proposal with our special guest, Richard Wilson of transproducts.com. When we come back, Patches, I see you there. I will get to you when we get back. Stay with us. Be right back here. As an owner-operator, you understand the importance of saving every dollar wherever you can, and insurance is one of the biggest expenses a business owner can face. 
RickQuote.com works with over 50 of the top insurance carriers across the U.S. to bring you the best insurance coverage at the best price. If you're an owner-operator, small fleet owner, freight broker, freight forwarder, whatever your trucking business entails, RickQuote.com can save you money, and in today's economy, we all know how important that is. They also offer a wide selection of discounts that can even save you more of your hard-earned money. Discounts like having already been an owner-operator, business experience discount, a CDL discount, radius of operation discount, and they can even take care of your truck insurance filings. You can get a price quote in five minutes or less right from their website, rigquote.com, or give them a call toll-free at 888-701-1795, rigquote.com, making trucking insurance simplified. And be sure to tell them that Alan Smith sent you. All right, we're back. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, well, a lot of callers, a lot of listeners on the line, a lot of people in the chat room. Thanks again for being with us here. Um, uh, Patches, I think that's you. Another Delaware, 302. Um, go ahead. You're on, the, you're on the air. How you doing, Alan? I'm good. Glad to, glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here and glad to see the show back. Uh, these new rules, if they want, ever want to see a trucker strike, they got here's a good opportunity for it. Because these new regulations are so dab burn ridiculous, I've got to agree with that other driver. There's not a driver out there is going to be able to make a living. And I have to agree with the other gentleman that's on there. Uh, in order to get this through to these people, you've got to uh, go to the FMCSA chat and leave a comment. But please, when you do it, do it uh, as nice as you can, but get your point across. Because these new rules are not for the drivers at all. And so th these people, whoever are, is making these regulations or changing the regulations in a matter of opinion, do not understand th this uh, transportation across this country. And if they well, continue, I can see a trucker strike coming. Because yeah, well, we'll have to wait. The only way that you're going to get the the attention that is going to be needed. Yeah, I don't I don't know about a strike, but you know, Richard, let me ask you. Um, all the listening sessions, and they had comments open for the CSA. I mean, uh, did that play a big part in how the CSA turned out? Um, see, believe it or not, the CSA was long into um, production before this was the only part of the CSA really um, that is concerned to this as far as the CSA doesn't change any regulations. All of it does is just establishes a new enforcement on how it's going to be enforced. So whatever regulation is, is changed, CSA, all that will do is just uh, be an enforcement uh, model that they'll use to uh, when they come in as far as doing um, – you know, on-site in, investigations or, you know, non-on-site interventions. Um, that the main, the problem with CSA is, is now the drivers are going to be held accountable for their actions, so the drivers have to tell the carriers, no, they're not going to do it because I can be directly affected by my uh, pre-employment screening process, 
And if I have a bad record on that because I was a flagrant violator of the hours of service or the quote-unquote driver fatigue, then, you know, I could prevent me if I got fired for not doing something illegal because I had done it enough and I had paid enough fines, I'm not going to do it anymore, could directly affect them on future hires. Um, I just want to say one thing to Patches. Uh, hello, neighbor, because I'm, I'm out of Delaware myself. And <laughs> me, I know, especially being in Delaware, we can't go anywhere that we're not crossing a state line and running across the scale just to get in and out of the state. So you we're really right. in trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. definitely. That, but let me ask you, and, and thanks, Patches. I appreciate it. I'm just, we're running out of time here. I just want to get to uh, uh, back to uh, everybody here in the chat room. Talk a little bit about um, nighttime driving. Those drivers, you know, uh, like me, I'm a night driver, and, and about this midnight to 6 a.m. thing. I mean, if I get off duty at 3 a.m., and I'm looking for that 34-hour uh, something like this. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, I'm actually looking at, like, having to be off for 51 hours before I can come back. So this is really going to be a big a big thing for uh, uh, night drivers and this midnight to 6 a.m. thing, right? Absolutely, because that's, that uh, two periods of midnight to 6 a.m. will absolutely, absolutely cause you to stretch. You're 34. I figured it out in a several different scenarios, and the least amount of time that you get a midnight to 6 a.m. off-duty period within that consecutive 34, you can't do it. You'll end up at somewhere about, unless you get done at like 4 or 5 o'clock, you know, Friday afternoon or 2 or 3 o'clock Saturday morning, you're not going to be able, you're going to be, the minimum is going to be 49 hours and, and on most occasions, if you are a night driver and you run between, say, the hours of 9 o'clock at night to, like, 6, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, is you're going to be, like you said, between 52 and as much as 58 hours to get those two periods in there. You lose 8 to 9 to 10 hours on either end of it just catching up with the midnight to 6. Yeah, a friend of mine put it together like we do because we run at night and and everything. And, I mean, at one point we got off duty, we would have to wait 51 hours. I mean, that's just, you know, hey, I like a little time off, but 51 hours is is a little bit crazy. Let me grab another another caller here. Uh, They keep popping up. Still getting a little feedback if you can turn your volume down. But uh, from Pennsylvania area code 412, uh, welcome to the show. Go ahead. Yes, hi. How are you, Damien? Real good. Hey, Damien. Hey. Well, um, my original question you pretty much answered. You can uh, you put that extra hour of time on the uh, shippers uh, waiting for the shipper to get loaded or unloaded. But um, I just wanted to say that um, I heard your other comment was that they're bringing these pictures of people that died in uh, traffic accidents. But what about the people that died in accidents after the driver was driving five hours? So this would be an advocacy for the, the split time, bringing pictures of people who were involved in accidents with the driver had driven more than five hours had an accident on the side. Uh, I train people, and I can tell you they get really wiped out just driving eight hours at night. You know, they got to recover, sleep 10, 12 hours sometimes, or they can't make it through the night. And there's some nights I have a bad night. You know, I'm not a natural night driver. But this uh, split time, and we just had a driver at our company who was in the, the chat rooms in our corporate social networks 
that uh, the student was driving and he fell asleep. And, you know, thank God nobody got hurt, but uh, there was $10,000 of damage to the truck. You know, the truck was in the shop for multiple days. So um, this split time, you know, it seems to be as much as a safety issue. And also there was a Canadian study that came out that says it is poor for your health not to move around at least a couple hours uh, every couple hours. So if you're going to be forced to lay back in a sleeper for 10, 12 hours at a time, there's a study out now. It's called the Canadian study. Uh, you know, it's bad for your health to do that. You should be up and moving around every two, three hours. So if you're doing split time, you know, you have one study that says it's better to sleep eight hours at a time. You have another study that says it's better to be up and moving around a little bit. That's better for your health. So I just wondered, you know, what they would think about playing, uh, you know, the same game back, so to speak. Okay, well, Richard, that's thanks, Damian. Richard, that's one thing we kind of touched on earlier because personally, that five-five split sleeper berth they had was great. I thought, but uh, we had touched on this earlier where they're getting all this sleeper berth stuff from these scientific studies that saying, well, five hours of sleep just makes you more tired, right? Right, right. And and one of the things that we did initiate, and, and I, I gave testimony in Washington, was on the five and five split. Because if I'm driving, you know, I worked all day or whatever, now I'm running, and, you know, five hours after I've been on duty all day, you know, I can drive five hours, get out of the city, get to where i got to get, and get to a safe place, and if I wanted to lay down and take a five-hour nap and split that time, you know, I wake up, and, and after a five-hour nap, you know, I'm not as fatigued, I'm rested, but this scientific study on the circadian of sleep that the federal government seems to use as their their PowerPoint of why it has to be X amount of hours is one of the things, and it was also brought up in every one of the listening sessions by every major carrier that that used a sleeper operation, obviously that's what we're talking about, was it that um, actually encourages drivers because it gives them the opportunity not to be penalized to take a five-hour break and to be refreshed and then continue to driving. And if they would give us back the five on, five off to where we drove five and then we laid down for five, then we got up and we drove more. And at the end of that five-hour driving cycle, we felt we were still tired or we got to our next destination and we're outside of the city or the place didn't open and we laid down and got another five hours, then it would restart our daily clock to where we could go ahead and finish our day. That works perfect, and anybody that's ever drove a truck with a box behind their head will tell you that system, you're refreshed, you're not fatigued, you've got, you know, available work time to you, and it did not penalize you for acknowledging when you were tired. But a bunch of scientists, um, uh, University of Michigan, Cal's Tech, Cal Poly, they all put these studies in there, which I find it's amazing that the advocacy groups and the FMCSA pay for these studies. So we know when they pay for them, they get the data they want to hear, and oh, they yeah. apply that. And unfortunately, that's one thing, and, and, I, and let me reiterate this to all your, your, your fans and your listeners, that if they're going to write in about that, put in the suge- suggestion to bring back the five, five split. If enough people say it, other than just the people that showed up at the listening sessions and they get it from the general driving, um, you know, the drivers themselves, that that does promote rest and and reduces fatigue, then they have to take those uh, statistics 
and numbers, and they have to incorporate them into this rule. So that is one thing I would really like everybody that pulls with a sleeper, that if they like that five and five, to make sure that they comment and mention and suggest that. Yeah, well, good point. And, you know, another thing, we're um, getting out, running out of time here, but Trucker Strike 08 in the, uh, in the chat room brings up a good point that we haven't even touched on. Everybody's going to have to be shutting down, um, meeting these, uh, you know, resting requirements. You know, <laughs> where's everybody going to park? Well, we all know that's a problem. You know, uh, <laughs> Jason's Law and everything else will tell you that. And, unfortunately, as they're shutting down rest areas, and, you know, I mean, I, I taught you and I talked one time about a program that was being looked at at trying to recycle some of these shut down uh, shopping centers and, and uh, open lots where private contractors would go in and just basically monitor these, these lots to where they could utilize it because, I mean, 90% of the places you try to pull in, you run out of hours. You try to pull in, unless you're an 8-to-5 driver, which we won't mention name of the top 100, they can stop at 5 o'clock or 4.30 in the afternoon and fill up the parking lots. It leaves everybody else on the highways with nowhere to go. So I don't care what hours of service. If you can't stop your truck and park it, what good are they? I hear you. Well, listen, we're, uh, we're about out of time. I thank you for coming on the show. really appreciate it. And, and um, now, is there another website? that you do or is it transproducts.com tell us real quick about that and kind of wind it down here for us um, what's the best thing that we can all do okay uh, the best thing everybody that's listening and, and everybody that knows somebody and believe me there's enough talk over coffee and everything else in truck stops that we need to get the word out to every driver out there and everybody knows if you want news to travel fast tell a driver is to go on the website be very professional because we all are professional drivers, and, and talk with reasonable, you know, intelligence and put in our concerns and comments on the federal website, um, you know, FMCSA, it's www.fmcsa.dot.gov, and then they can take that and click on the news, and, and uh, there's a, a top right-hand column. It's a blue box with news and articles. Click on the proposal. And it has a direct link to the to the website where you can go post your comments. It's actually very easy. And make sure that, that they put in their honest, you know, opinions, put in facts, put in figures, carriers, write in how much you think it's going to cost you, uh, drivers, how much time you're going to spend sleeping instead of delivering freight, and, and, and you know, be, and, and that's the first thing. And, you know, the next thing is if they have any questions, they can uh, email me at my uh, company website at rich.wilson at transproducts.com, and I will try to I, – I, I do – I'm like drivers. I do a lot of traveling. In fact, I'm in Houston, Texas right now, um, and, but I'll try to answer uh, or get an answer to them as much as possible. And uh, our company, Trans Services and Trans Products, is a, a full line supply of uh, federally regulated, mandated documents, log books, uh, driver qualification files. We have services. We do fuel tax reporting for drivers and for companies. We do driver qualification file maintenance for them, notify them of when they're going to uh, 
about the, their 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 uh, medical card is going to expire, which is a whole other article in the new rules on that, tied directly to their CDLs, and. Um, and then we, okay. we have a full supply of services and products needed for the transportation industry, as well as myself. I do on-site training uh, for motor carriers. Uh, I would entertain uh, putting together a training session regionally if enough drivers got together and wanted to have a one-on-one -on -one, uh, training and listening session. We're I'm up for doing that. Um, and anything we can do to try to help the industry and I'm trying to do my part, not only as an old driver and as, a, and as a safety guy, but speak on behalf of the thousands of people that can't speak because they're too busy sleeping. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, I appreciate we're running out of time here. Uh, Richard, thanks again for coming on the show. Uh, thanks to all the listeners online, everybody in the chat room. Uh, that'll do it for this time. You can keep up with our show. Radio.com forward slash truth about trucking and be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites. We are a featured show right here on Talk Radio. So until next time for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith. Drive safe. Thanks for listening. I've been driving these rigs since 79. Never got a ticket, never crossed the line. Dinner's on the table, but it's gonna get cold Gotta get going, I've got freight to load Well, I was running through Atlanta doing 58 A four-wheeler cut me off, so I slammed my brakes Well, the truck went left, but the trailer threw right And I saw my life flash before my eyes I'm just trying to make a living Running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand Lord have mercy on the The trucking brand I was fighting the wheel And the next thing I know I hit the sidewalk And over I go Falling so fast I had no time to scream Burning hot metal flying all around me Well I laid there for a minute living out of my head Not knowing if I was alive or dead Highway Patrol said let me give you a hand Then he laughed and said son you better check your pants Running the road Loving my family from a cell phone Nobody understands Can't get no helping hand Lord have mercy on the The trucking brand at me and my burning rig Checked out the damage that was done to the bridge Feeling a little crazy and dizzy in the head Barely heard the words that officer said $10,000 fine and your CDL is gone 
better call your mama to come take you home. Three million miles and never a glitch. The four-wheeler only got a slap on the wrist. I'm trying to make a living running the road. Loving my family from a cell phone. Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand. Lord, have mercy on us. The trucking brand. On the trucking brand. Lord, have mercy on us. The trucking brand. 